0: Pastor Ray Bentley highlights an important journey of Jesus and an important event on the journey.
1: And by Jesus venturing beyond the borders of Jewish territory to Decapolis and delivering one man who is now possessed of demons, Jesus knew that this visit to Decapolis was a hint of things to come. This man was a living, breathing, vivid sermon of what the Messiah can do for a man.
0: Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Sometimes we forget what the gospel can offer someone. We shy away from sharing our faith because we think the message might not be welcome. But we have the cure for a terminal illness, the sickness of sin. And this isn't, as they say, fast temporary relief. It's a cure that lasts forever.
1: All right, Gospel of Mark, chapter five, beginning with verse one, it says, and then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. This particular story stands out. It's a vivid graphic story. It's a very eerie story. It happened late in the evening uh, or when night had fallen. So this, you know, you, you are finally in the darkness coming to the other side of the lake. By the way, the Sea of Galilee is about 13 miles long, maybe about 8 miles wide. It's not huge. But once you are out there, and especially at night in the darkness, even if they were at a shorter part of the lake going across and it was only 5 or 6 miles When you're out in the middle of the water like that, it's a scary and frightening thing. And then it's dark and then you come, uh, your boat is coming up to a place where in the limestone are rock caves and many of those rock caves have been turned into tombs where they are filled with dead bodies. So it's a weird, eerie, scary thing. And then they are met by a demon-possessed man and Jesus is climbing out of the side of the boat. I'm getting right behind him, you know, as we walk forward. And he's going, rather than getting into the boat and saying, let's go find another place to land, <laughs> Jesus is going directly toward the weird, eerie, howling, demonic cries from a tormented individual. So this is a perilous place. It's a dark hour, a dangerous man, and a Roman legion. When it finally, as we find out, Jesus says, what is your name? And he says, legion. It's very interesting, we know that a Roman legion was 6,000 soldiers. Now, does that mean this man had 6,000 demons in him? No, not necessarily. But let me also say it doesn't mean he only had one either. The best word for it was infested with demons, which are called unclean, filthy spirits that take over and dominate and use and abuse a human being mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in any way that they can because they don't love you, they only want to use you. So here's the situation as we come. So again, here's what I see in the first four verses. I see the, the uh, several things. Number one, the limitations of society when dealing with spiritual warfare issues. Look with me again. In verse three, it says, who had his dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. So society had done their best. They had captured the guy, they had bound him, they had put shackles on him and chains on him. And the chains had been pulled apart and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone him. Apparently, society was not able to do much for this man. Now, let me say it wasn't that they had not tried. They had tried. As I look around our own uh, world, our generation, and our society, there are people that are being used and abused by the devil, and society is doing its best Uh, to help the situation and they try but they don't they're not always able to do it and in particular if they're dealing with an individual who has been taken captive by filthy demonic spirits until someone who has the authority and the power and the presence of Jesus Christ to deliver them from that demonic stronghold they are going to be in trouble. The best that society could do for this man 2,000 years ago was isolate him. Somehow, some way they got him to where he was away from where generally the people lived and he was off in the the caves and the tombstones. Uh, He was by himself. And the truth is that there is a spiritual battle going on all around us. You as a believer in Jesus Christ have the authority of Christ And the word of God within you to pray for people in the name of Jesus, by the power of his name, the authority of his name, and by the blood of Jesus, to deliver people from that stronghold. Amen? If we're willing and if we're able. And um, even when I was a young believer, I mean, you know, back in my own days in high school, I had my friends that were experimenting with drugs, and we're experimenting into various kinds of this, you know, the occult, uh, wanting to experience something other than just the physical world. They wanted to, you know, where, what's out there? And drugs are a way, the Greek word is pharmakia, and, uh, but it's also sometimes translated as witchcraft in the Bible. Drugs are a pathway to the demonic. There are sins when we sin and we're taken captive by them that open doors. It doesn't tell us why or how this man became demon-possessed. But there are sins that, that become doors and they become pathways and where you kind of, you, you open the door. Just as Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, I will come in. It, it's possible to, to let other spirits in. and and open those doors. So if you know anyone like that, you need to close that door to the devil and resist him and come to Jesus. Some people have found the spiritual world is real from the evil, occult, demonic side and then realize if that's real, then man... I, that was tormenting. I, I want I want the real uh, forgiveness and peace. And they become uh, open for Jesus Christ into their life. That's what happened with this man. This man, the end of this story is not just a story like all these movies that they make about demon possession. Which, by the way, for several reasons I don't go to. Number one, because for me it's not a movie and and... It's not entertaining. When I've been in, in situations where people are demon-possessed, it's not fun, it's not entertaining, I don't like it, I'm not afraid of it, but I don't go looking for it. But I think that the fact that we have a society and then everyone, these movies keep coming out that delve into that world is because people sense that there's something more, but if they haven't found the supernatural path uh, through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ, it's a way for them to say, wow, whoa, there is more than just the physical world. But I encourage you not to do that, amen? So then we discover uh, what Satan does to a person. Look with me in verse five. It says, and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out, and what? Cutting himself with what? Stones. We have a phenomenon today called cutting. Now, it doesn't mean every person that's done that is demon possessed, but as it is true that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, the, the devil hates you as a horrible plan for your life. Whereas the Lord came to bring life and that more abundantly and the devil came to rob and steal and destroy and, and he makes us therefore self-destructive. This man was tormented. His ultimate mission is to destroy. That's the devil's ultimate mission. And demons are unclean spirits. I want you to read John 10, 10 with me. And this is one that if you don't have this underlined or marked in your Bible, you make sure it's marked and underlined in your Bible so that you know this one. This is a foundational scripture. Let's read it out loud together. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, just... These men had yielded uh, in some way to Satan. They lost everything their families, homes, lives, friendships, and their joy of living. Never underestimate the power of sin. Never underestimate the power, the destructive power of the devil. But then we experience what Jesus, the presence of Jesus, does for us as well. And I want you to notice, Jesus went directly toward these men. He did not go around them. He did not go away from them. He did not avoid them. If you're his disciple, he may lead you to someone that you, wow, I really don't need this today. <laughs> I really don't want this. But he may lead you that way. Some believe that the storm of opposition that had come that, that night, that they were going across the lake, may have even had a demonic Origin, or that at the very least Satan was trying to use it to discourage Jesus from coming to a place where he held men captive. But Jesus, knowing that, said we're going to the other side and no storm will stop me from doing my Father's will. And I've had experiences like that where opposition is not necessarily God saying no, it may actually be confirmation that you are headed in the right direction. So Jesus does come to them. He comes to those that everyone else has left alone. He speaks to them. He respects this man, asks him questions, listens to his answers. He permitted him even to speak, though he was demon possessed. He engaged him in a conversation and in a relationship. How does the enemy get people? We have a lot of young people that end up taking their lives. Not only young people, people of all ages now. That, that gets so isolated and so alone. And here's what the enemy is hoping for, that no one will call, no one will care, no one will check in on you. And, and he beats it into your head, even if you took your life, no one would notice or it would make no difference. You don't matter. And, that, and he's, he's got you where he wants you. So that is not the desire of our Father who made us in his own image and likeness, and here is a precious uh, man made in God's image who is bound and captive by the the devil and by the enemy, and he sends his son through a storm straight on to talk to that man. Even while he's talking to that man, yes, tormented momentarily by the demons, but he's engaging the living Son of God. He's answering questions. He doesn't realize Jesus has got his hands on the door latch uh, that is locked and he's breaking the lock in his hands and about ready to rip it open and cast those demons out and set that man free. So the Lord uses his sons and daughters because the whole purpose wasn't for Jesus to stay here on the earth for the next 2,000 years. He discipled and trained men that have been passed on from 20 centuries ago until now. You and I are his disciples that are to go forward into this world that has people of a variety of different strongholds and so forth, and we are to set the captives free. Amen.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teaching has meant to them.
1: Thank you, Pastor Ray, for allowing God to use you in a mighty way. We are all blessed because of it. Your legacy in Christ lives on through your ministry and your family. We love you so much.
0: Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley.
1: Look with me in verse six. I find it interesting that even the demons confessed what they believed. It says, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son, of the most high God. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. I think it's interesting here, we find out a couple of things, uh, even of the demons who believe in God. They know that there is a God. They actually affirm Jesus is the son of God. Demons affirm that. Demons know who Jesus is. (laughs) Isn't that kind of interesting? And not only that, they know he has the authority over them that he claims to have. And beyond that, they believe in the reality that there's coming a day of judgment. Not only for demons, but for men and women as well. And that one day they will be cast into hell. And I put another scripture there from Matthew that you can look up later. But it's a very, very profound, powerful uh, thing. Now, verse eight, it says, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit, And then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. And also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains and so all the demons begged him. Now this is kind of a strange thing. Even demons have to pray and ask permission for things a different kind of prayer, but saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. And then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. So this is where I got the message, losing your pigs. This is gonna upset the apple cart in this whole place. (laughs) They're gonna lose 2,000. This was their livelihood, Uh, these 2,000 herd of swine. So now these demons go into Two thousand pigs, and then they, uh, the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea, and drowned in the sea. Wow, that would that would be weird, wouldn't it? See a bunch of pigs as they go down, dive into the sea, and then just bubbles coming up, and they're dead. Now, verse 14 says, "So those who were who fed the swine fled. The ones that were taking care of the swine, they were probably the hired." Pig farmers. They fled and they, they told it in the city and in the country. They went and told their bosses. Hey, this guy showed up, there was, you know that demon-possessed guy? He was wandering around, Ur! you know, and Jesus came, rebuked, and then uh, all the pigs ran down and they drowned. It wasn't us, is what they're trying to say. And then they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon-possessed. So now the owners, that's what I'm thinking, come to inspect. Are you guys lying? Are you ripping me off? 2,000 herd of swine? They come and what do they see? They saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. That is one of the most beautiful phrases in the Bible. If you have a pen or pencil, underline that. This is what Jesus can do for you, what he can do for me, what he can do for a tormented soul. Sitting, not fidgeting, anxious, cutting, in his clothed, he'd run around naked, which is another frightening thought, demon-possessed man running around, cutting himself, screaming naked, but now he's clothed and then finally he's in his right mind. And they're looking at this guy, and, and I'm sure that it was such a night and day picture before the guy didn't make any sense, growling, uh, making unusual sounds, possessed of the demon, and, and now he's saying, Good afternoon, gentlemen. (laughs) Something unusual has happened to me today. He's in his right mind and they were afraid. And those who saw it told how it happened to him who had been demon possessed and about the swine and then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Now that's a very interesting uh, response. I want you to notice here that their their response, I mean, my first thought is, Jesus comes, we've had this guy wandering around terrifying our children and and naked and demon-possessed and and now he's sitting clothed and in his right mind. Wow, welcome to our city. What else do you have to say? Who are you? Where did you come from? What else can you do? What is the meaning of this? They they could have been said, This is amazing. This is wonderful. We want to listen. What do you have to say? But instinctively, some people's reaction when Jesus comes is, Don't disturb my life. Don't disturb my comfort. We were fine. He was out there. Yeah, he was crazy and demon possessed, but he wandered around and and it was okay. And we had our 2,000 pigs. Others say, Don't disturb my possessions. And yet Jesus, now, by the way, why did Jesus let these, you know, the demons go into the pigs? This was on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee. It was an area called the Decapolis, which is the 10 cities. It is a a Gentile area, a Greek dominated area, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But you know, in the Bible, how many of you are aware that, that the Jewish people are not supposed to be eating pigs? Why? It's not that God is against pigs per se, but uh, they were unclean, they were unclean animals. And so uh, this is something, it's interesting now, this was not a Jewish area, but God is now venturing into Gentile territory who have strongholds, demonic strongholds that now he wants to pierce through. And look with me in verses 18, we'll close with verses 18 through 20. It says, and when he got into the boat, He who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. If you were the demon-possessed guy, wouldn't you want to get into the boat with Jesus and go wherever he's going the rest of your life? However, Jesus did not permit him. No, you cannot get into the boat, nor can you be with me. But he said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has done, had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. The cities on this side of the Jordan were not Jewish. They were predominantly Greek in nature. They had beautiful cities. They had Greek gods and Greek goddesses and Greek amphitheaters and a Greek way of life. And by Jesus venturing beyond the borders of Jewish territory to Decapolis, and delivering one man who is now possessed of demons and whose reputation probably went to all, Decapolis means 10 cities, the whole region. Jesus knew that this visit to Decapolis was a hint of things to come. It's the first sign that the gospel message would spill beyond the borders of the 12 tribes of Israel and it would touch the heart of the Greek world which had influenced the Roman world which basically controlled the world. Something happened that day when Jesus stepped foot into Decapolis. And then Jesus sent the man home. Why? Number one, Jesus sent the man back home to be a witness for the Messiah and his kingdom. I'm leaving you here. This man was a living, breathing, vivid sermon of what the Messiah can do for a man. And the glory was not what he had done for God or he hadn't done anything except get possessed by demons and open the door to evil and filthiness. Our glory is not what we can do for Christ, but our glory and our testimony is what God has done for us. Amen? And number two, he was the first seed of what would become a mighty harvest beyond the borders of Israel that would stretch from Decapolis 2,000 years later to San Diego, California and Maranatha Chapel and all the way around the world for the next 20 centuries. God wants and will have a witness in every generation. Amen.
0: Pastor Ray Bentley, urging us to take seriously our call to be a witness in our generation. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Now today's study is titled, Losing Your Pigs. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under Media, you'll notice three words, Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click About and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel,